This podcast is intended to uplift, inspire, and in some cases, educate you on how to create a life that feels good. I am not a health professional, and the information and advice shared on this show should not be taken in replacement for any information or direction given to you by a healthcare professional. If you or someone you know is struggling with your health or mental well-being, please reach out to a healthcare professional in your area. For more information and resources on mental health support, please visit laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash mental health or see the link in the show notes. Hi there, I'm Laura, a teacher turned creator, and this is Fill Up Your Cup, the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired, motivated, and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good. We're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, and growth together. Because together, And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to the podcast that helps you create a life that feels good. I really wanted to lean into our tagline today of creating a life that feels good. I also always add on to that, creating a life that feels good for you. While that's kind of implied, I wanted to make sure that I specified that at the start of today's episode because that is what I wanted to talk to you about and understanding what exactly that is to you. The idea of creating a life that feels good is such an exciting and uplifting and motivating idea in theory, but in practice, it can sometimes be very challenging and frustrating to figure out what is a life that feels good to me. Last week, I talked to you a little bit about people-pleasing and perfectionism and being in recovery from that. I like to consider myself a people-pleaser in recovery or a perfectionist in recovery. I am actively trying to heal my people-pleasing tendencies, but it's not always easy. And one of the big roadblocks that I have come up against in this journey of self-discovery and self-healing is realizing that sometimes I don't know what feels good to me. And the reason that I sometimes don't know what feels good to me is because of the fact that for so long, I didn't think about what I wanted or what would make me feel good or what would make me feel happy first, but rather what other people might want or what other people might enjoy more or what might feel good for everyone else around me before thinking about what felt good for me. I know that there are some of you out there listening who can very much relate to that point of not knowing what feels good for you. And the reason I know that is because, as I've said before, the most common question that I get on this podcast, the most common question that I used to get before I started this podcast, and one of the driving reasons 
that I started this podcast is the question, what self-care is good for me or what self-care is right for me? The person who's asking that question is the person who struggles with figuring out what is good for them. What do I like? What is going to fill me up? What is going to make me feel energized? Because I can't figure that out right now because I've been giving so much to everyone else. And the other side of that, the biggest challenge that I hear from our listeners around practicing self-care, around practicing self-development principles and practices is that feeling of guilt around doing something for yourself over doing something for someone else. And all of that comes back to people pleasing and perfectionism, where we're always thinking about what other people are thinking of our choices and actions or how our choices and actions are affecting other people's feelings and other people's reality. And while compassion and kindness, as we talked about last week, are really important and something that people pleasers are often very good at, it's also important to make sure that you are not trying to make other people happy so much that it oversteps your own boundaries or that you lose sight of what you want, what makes you happy, what fills you up. Because you don't want to get to a place in your life where you suddenly realize you are unhappy, but also realize that you don't know how to make yourself happy. The older that we get and the more responsibilities that fall on our plate, the more we put the things that spark joy for us on the back burner. You can take a very quick moment to reflect on this in your own life, even just starting at your childhood and thinking about how many hobbies you had when you were a kid and how that changed maybe when you went into high school or secondary school and and had more responsibilities in terms of your school workload? Did it mean that you were practicing your hobbies and your passions a little bit more? And how did that change again if you went to college and university and had more responsibilities for your workload and also more social responsibilities to friends and peers and the social community that exists in college and university? Did that affect how you showed up for your hobbies and your passions and the things that spark joy for you? And what about how that might have changed if you fell in love and started a relationship or started dating or anytime if you're not in a long-term relationship at the moment, anytime that you have been dating or seeing someone, how has that changed how you show up for your hobbies and your pastimes and the things that spark joy for you? And if you're at the stage in your life where you are married or you've been in a long-term relationship and you have a family, how has that changed how you show up for your hobbies and the things that spark joy for you? The more that we have responsibilities in our lives, the more of our time that gets divided into other things, chasing our career dreams, trying to move up that career ladder, our responsibilities to our friends, our social circle, our partners, our families eventually. We get this 24 hours in the day and the older we get and the more responsibilities we have, the less of that 24 hours that we consider giving to just us and those things that as kids and when we were younger with no responsibilities, of course, we gave all of our time to simply because those things brought us joy and made us feel 
full and happy and sparked something in us that was not possible to find in other areas. That's absolutely normal and it's completely okay. And in many cases, it's just part of life. We get older, we have more responsibilities. The more responsibilities we have, the more of our time that gets eaten up. But we've talked about burnout before on the show. We've talked about how self-care can be small, meaningful actions. And we've talked about, and and very recently we revisited as well, the whole core principle and the core philosophy behind Fill Up Your Cup, which is you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes, you have responsibilities. Yes, those responsibilities take your time and your energy, but your time and your energy are not infinite resources. They get used up. Your energy will get eaten up. And if you are not pouring back in, if you are not recharging yourself, you are going to reach that burnout point or you're going to find showing up for these responsibilities becoming more and more weighty and more and more draining on you. We also talked very recently about the fact that we're not just pouring into one cup. I revisited our very first episode where I share my personal analogy of filling into my cup is not just one cup, but that I have a well-being cupboard of cups that are all the different areas of my well-being. And some of those cups are bigger and need more of my attention, that I need to bring more self-awareness to them, because if they run on empty, it's going to seriously impact how I can show up very, very quickly. So for example, my physical health and well-being, that's a massive area of my well-being that if I'm not bringing self-awareness to it, if I'm not showing up for it, if I'm not pouring into it, it can detrimentally affect how I show up to everything else in my life because I'm going to become physically unwell or I'm going to be getting ill more often because I'm not looking after my body, which means my immune system might be running lower. It can pour into or empty from other areas of my well-being because I know from bringing that self-awareness that when I'm not showing up for my physical movement, when I'm not moving my body, when I'm not working my muscles, when I'm not kicking into that fight or flight drive of physically running through the things that are stressing me out and giving me anxiety, that also starts to drain from my emotional and mental well-being cup. And so those are two areas that I have to bring this self-awareness to a lot of the time. But there are so many other areas of my well-being that if I completely completely neglect them, they're going to start showing up for me in other ways. And it might take me a bit longer to figure out what those areas are. And this brings us back to what does feel good for us? Because if we're creating a life that feels good, starting with looking after our bodies, which are our homes, we live in them, they are there with us every day from the beginning to the end, looking after our physical well-being, looking after our mental well-being, that is the starting point of feeling good. And those are the obvious parts of feeling good. But when we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I have shared on the show before, and I've posted diagrams of Maslow's hierarchy of needs to our Instagram on Fill Up Your Cup Pod before as well. When we think about that pyramid 
of our human needs. It starts with the basic. And as we build in those needs and we go up the pyramid, the top of that is fulfillment. And reaching fulfillment, feeling fulfilled as a human being is something that as adults is very often at the forefront of our mind. Is my life where I want it to be? Is what I'm doing fulfilling me? Does my job make me feel good? Am I doing the career that I dreamed of? Is the career that I dreamed of doing actually making me feel as fulfilled as I thought it would? All of these expectations that we have, all of these life milestones that we want to reach or we feel like we should reach because that is going to make us feel fulfilled, all boil down to this sense of how do I create a life that feels good for me? Because when I do, when I figure out how to create a life that feels good for me, then I'm going to feel more fulfilled. When we ask ourselves that question, it can get overwhelming very quickly because we think that the things that are going to make us feel fulfilled are those big milestone things that maybe we can't give ourselves very easily or very quickly. But doing things that make you feel good can be simple and fun. And you already know this because as a kid, you did it all of the time. When you didn't have responsibilities, when your goals in life were much more small and much more simple, you were really good at figuring out what felt good for you and what sparked joy for you. And this is something I am really passionate about because my personal story is so driven by this concept The thing that always felt good for me was creating, drawing, making, doing. That is what I loved doing as a kid. That is what I wanted to do when I came home from school and finished my homework. That is what I would spend most of my summer and winter breaks doing, drawing, creating, carrying around stacks of papers and pencil cases of colored markers. And there was nothing that was more exciting to me as a kid than getting new art supplies or new stationery because it was blank canvases and potential to create and do new and exciting things with them. The older that I got, the less time that I had for that. And also this conversation I used to have with myself was that this is a habit, a a hobby. And as an adult, my priority should be my adult responsibilities. And when I started working, I started to do those creative things less and less and less because I created this narrative for myself that I should be focusing on my job and I should be focusing on my career. And also this idea of I should be grown out of the want of this. Like I shouldn't be wanting to sit down and color on a Saturday for a time. I focused on those things that I thought I should be doing and I ignored the things that sparked joy for me because I had this narrative that I developed that just wasn't true that as an adult I needed to be doing adult things and I needed to be grown up and those were things that I enjoyed as a kid and so they're childish and I need to put them in a box with you know 
things from my childhood, a mental box. And during that period that I had that narrative, I didn't feel fulfilled and and I didn't understand why. Long story short, I found my way back to doing the very things that brought me joy as a child. And by showing up and doing those things, I somehow found myself feeling more fulfilled than I ever had, still doing what I'd been doing, still teaching, but still, but feeling more fulfilled because I was showing up for my creative hobbies and interests and being able to do my job better because I felt fulfilled and because I had this hobby and this passion that I could bring to my work and, and share with my students in a way. And from that, I managed to find a new career for myself that was even more exciting, but that doesn't have to be the outcome. That just happens to be my story that eventually by sharing my coloring and my drawing, and it's not that simplified, but just bringing it back to what I liked doing as a child, which was just creating things and drawing things and writing things out and doodling. And I just started doing that on Instagram instead and collected a following around it and eventually clients who wanted me to do it for them. And I was able to say, hey, I might want to do this as my job now. And is that possible? And I have created a life that feels good. Doesn't feel good every day because life isn't perfect all of the time. And there are new challenges that come with that. But the point that I'm making is when I had the narrative of the thing that feels good is something that's childish, I felt unfulfilled. When I allowed myself time to to do what felt good for me, I was able to show up for my responsibilities with more joy, with more energy, with more resilience and a sense of feeling fulfilled because I was showing up for what brought me joy. And by continuously doing this, I was able to change my (laughs) career direction and the course of my life up to that point and start creating a new story for myself that was built around doing something that really made me feel good every single time that I did it. That doesn't have to be your story. I'm not saying that doing what you feel good has to lead to a career change every time. But what I am saying is that, yes, physical self-care is important and emotional self-care is important and social self-care is important. And we talk about the basic small, meaningful actions around all of those areas of our well-being all of the time. But as we're climbing that well-being pyramid, as we're climbing up our needs as a human being, and we're starting to see that fulfillment point at the top of the pyramid, and we're saying, I really want to create a life that feels good, but I don't know what that is. If you are reaching that point of I'm fulfilling my other needs and I'm feeling good about my routines and my practices and showing up for my job and balancing my energy, but I'm also feeling a little bit restless. I'm feeling like something isn't quite right or that it's not all there, but I don't know what's missing. Then it's maybe time to start reflecting on and figuring out what feels good for you. And since I've been there, and I know that that question can be one of those moments in life where you think, 
oh, this is such a simple question that I've never thought about before that now I feel like I don't have any answers at all. I'm going to give you some tips on things that have worked for me in figuring out what feels good for me and figuring out how to add more of that to my life. So the very first piece of advice that I would give to you, because that's what's worked for me from personal experience, is when you're feeling a bit stuck or you're feeling a little bit unfulfilled and you feel like something is missing from your life, but you don't know what that thing is, or you don't know how to make life feel more good or more joyful, or how to spark more joy in there because you've been focused on responsibilities and goals and the people that you care about for so long. Take a step back and spend some time reflecting on the things that brought you joy as a child. What did you spend your summers doing? What did you look forward to doing after you finished your homework for school? And maybe write a list of those things or maybe go and look for some childhood photos and collect some things from your past. If you live close to your childhood home and you have the opportunity to go and maybe collect some of your momentums or go back through some of your childhood things, do it. Go and see what it sparks for you or what it brings up for you or what memories make you smile when you think of them and what pastimes did you enjoy doing as a kid. So figure out what that is first and first allow yourself to sit with it a little bit. What brought you joy and just get a little bit of joy from the memory of that. And then start to think to yourself, how could I add elements of this childhood joyfulness to my life now? How could I make space for that and just allow myself to feel good doing it again? So it may be like for me, figuring out the thing that brought me joy as a kid was drawing and illustrating and making art. When I started to reflect on how I maybe could add that back into my life as an adult, I thought about maybe doing some digital illustration because maybe I could work that into what I was doing already. And I got a digital tablet and I learned how to do digital illustration on Photoshop with a digital tablet plugged into my laptop. And that was my starting point. And it was just for me when I was doing it. So when you reflect on what brought you joy as a child, start to think about how you could maybe bring that back into your life as an adult. And it doesn't necessarily have to be doing it the exact same way that you did it as a kid. If as a kid you loved sports clubs and you were part of sports teams, maybe as an adult you could join an adult sport team. If you played football as a kid, why not look to see if there is a an adult football team in your t- in your town now where you live now or if that's not possible is there a way for you to help out and get involved in the kids sports teams and maybe become a coach or become um, a volunteer to help out and still be around that thing that used to bring you joy as a child just in a new way if you were a kid that loved playing video games or PlayStation games can you find in a retro PlayStation that you could plug in and have to play on a Saturday a couple of times. 
it could you invest in a gaming system now and revisit that thing that brought you joy is there a gaming place that you could go to to visit to see if this is something that still brings you joy or an arcade that you could go to and just see how it would integrate into your life again and allow yourself to have fun with this because that's how you figure out if it still feels good for you you more than likely had more than one hobby, more than likely, as I'm already saying this, there's one particular thing that's coming to mind for you that as you're reflecting on it, you're thinking, oh, I loved doing that as a kid and I just don't do it anymore as an adult. Start there. Figure out how to bring it into your life now as an adult. Is there a class you can sign up for? Um, is there a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to to watch tutorials on doing or crafting or making? If you loved baking as a kid, can you start doing some baking on your day off or once a month? Could you have a baking day and could you buy some recipe books to get you inspired again? Figure out what brought you joy as a child. What sparked joy in you? What was that thing that you looked forward to using your free time to do? What was that thing that the whole concept of time just disappeared when you were doing it? And do that now as an adult. Self-care is not always about being practical, though sometimes it is important to establish those practical well-being routines to Bring that self-awareness to your health, your mental health, to your relationships. But self-care and creating a life that feels good is also a lot about joy, feeling good, creativity, and playfulness. And those things, we often spend a lot of time searching to try and figure out what they are. But in reality, we already know what they are because we were so good at just allowing ourselves to do those things when we were kids. So your act of self-care for this week, your self-care challenge, your prompt of implementation at the end of today's episode is to take some time this week to reflect back on what made you feel good as a kid, what brought you joy, what was that thing you would just lose yourself in? And think about how you could add some of that back into your life now as an adult and experiment with it and see if it still makes you feel good. I would absolutely love to hear your stories on finding what sparks joy for you as an adult and creating a life that feels good by adding more of that into your life in small and meaningful ways. So please, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook as at fillupyourcuppod. You can drop a comment. You can send me a DM. I would love to chat about chat with you on this topic. If you have a question that you would like to ask me or you have a topic you would like to suggest for an upcoming episode, you can send me a DM on Instagram, but the best way to do that is to drop a question or comment in our listeners question cup, which is linked in the show notes. It is a very short Google form and it's the easiest way for me to collect all of your questions and your suggestions on what you would like to hear me cover next on the show. 
If you enjoyed this episode, if you are excited to go out and find what feels good for you and experiment with the things that sparked joy for you as a kid, or if you enjoyed hearing my story of creating a life that feels good for me, I would love if you could leave a little review of the show and let me know what you thought. On recent check-ins with our podcast analytics, I discovered that over 60% of our listeners listen on Apple Podcasts every week. So if you are one of that 60%, I would really appreciate if you could take just a moment of your time now to leave a one-sentence review You could just leave a two-word review if that's all you have time for to let me know your thoughts on this episode and the show so far and to help me reach even more Apple Podcast listeners. And if you're not an Apple Podcast listener, wherever you love to stream your favorite shows, wherever you love to listen to Fill Up Your Cup podcast, please, please drop me a review. Give us five stars if that's what you think we deserve, if you if that's what you think the show deserves, or whatever you think the show deserves. Honest reviews are super important to me. They help me continue to create a show that you love, but also to reach new potential listeners who also want to create a life that feels good for them. And finally, a reminder that if you want a little bit of extra weekly support and to join a community of other people out there who are working on pursuing, improving their self-care practices and leaning into personal development that feels good, you can join the self-care squad on Patreon for just five euro a month. I post weekly downloads, resources, and self-care prompts to help guide you and inspire you with your self-care practice so you can start actively creating a life that feels good for you. That's patreon.com forward slash Laura Jane Illustrations and click on the self-care squad tier to start claiming the benefits of of being a member. And of course, that is always linked in the show notes if you want to come and join us over there as well. Remember, creating a life that feels good is not about creating the life you think you should have at this point in your life. Whatever stage of life you are at, whatever phase or era of life you are in right now, whether you are a college student or an active parent or heading into parenthood or family, whatever stage of life you are at right now, creating a life that feels good for you and allows you to show up for the people and responsibilities in your life that you are most passionate about and you care the most about starts with doing the things that you love and that spark joy for you because that joy is contagious not selfish. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at FillUpYourCupPod. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good 